Hey everybody, welcome to the Tech and Egg Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Reverman. We are back, Dean, with more of our Tech Bites. Yes. Uh, these are our segments where we regularly check in with some of the interesting stories yes. and topics mm-hmm. that you can discuss around the water cooler this is, yes. on your virtual meetings. That's the intent. Talk about with your customers, mm-hmm. just to share some information and riff about some, well, some st- stuff that's going on in the news. Absolutely. Sometimes we're not hanging out at the bar stool quite as often as we that's used right. to. That's right. That's true. So this is a little bit of that chat. I wasn't even before the pandemic. Oh, you weren't? No. Oh, yeah, not I'm too yeah. old for that anymore. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Barstools. You, know, you would travel to an event and, you know, you go to an event before then you're sitting yeah, around yeah, the bar, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Well, we're, we're giving you ammo for those there types you go. of things. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you are getting back out of it. Maybe oh, yeah. you are doing 100%. some events. Blue yeah. Star's got some events going on. Oh, yeah. Maybe you're yeah, showing yeah, yeah, some yeah, of those. Yeah, yeah. Want yeah. something to talk about? This will give you some of that ammo. Absolutely. Uh, among today's topics, and I'm going to say up front, forgive my voice, on this and the next podcast, we're doubling up today, and oh, John's, yeah, right. John's a little scratchy sounding. A little so scratchy? No. Maybe hey. it's maybe it's sexier than usual. It's, I yeah, don't know. it's a nice resonance <laughs> to your voice today. All right. Well, among today's topics, we're going <clears> to <throat> talk about discussing pay with your colleagues, always yep. a sensitive subject. Yep. Uh, we're going to get into some stuff about uh, social media stats. Yes. Uh, what's going on in the world of social well, media that right now? connects with us, because, you know, right? It's marketing. It does. Social yeah, media. Exactly. We got to, yeah, right. yeah. Some of the best and worst places to start a career. Yep. Uh, a little bit of an update on working from home. Yep. We're going to answer the question, what does Wi-Fi mean? What? And for some fun, we're going to talk about the top dance songs of all time. There you go. Boom. Yeah. I mean, what else <laughs> I mean, What else could you want? Wait, is there any technology in there? No, we're just kind of riffing. There, we might squeeze a little bit of that in there right. somewhere. So. Some, some tech in this. It is the Tech, tech Connect podcast, you know? <laughs> yeah, this Tech Bites, you know? Right, we'll figure out somehow to put some technology. Social media, that's technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, it's time to plug in and get connected. Welcome to the Tech Connect podcast. It's time to get connected. All right, so this is the this is the seventh installment of Tech Bites. Yes. Well, we, see, we've got a lot, right? We, we do. just keep compiling these things, and news comes up. It's like, hey, wait a minute, we got to talk about this. Dean and I can always find things to riff and talk about. And no doubt. Little little secret sauce behind the scenes here. This is also a great way for us to fill in an episode when we just don't have a guest for that. Hey, week. you know it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> to, so this is a weekly show for crying it out loud, right? Yeah. I mean, how many subject matter experts are there in ABC? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So sometimes we just got to fill in. Plus, Dean and I just love to get together. And that's right. That's right. And hopefully so. we're amusing you along the way. That's right. And, and meaningful discussion. That's here. right. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to start off here talking about this whole idea of discussing pay. Oh, I can't wait for your take on this one. So this is this is one of those things that uh, has been kind of debated and talked about in the news yes. for, for a long time. Yes. And I feel like it's come up a lot more again recently, especially yes. in light of the whole great resignation, mm-hmm. people debating where they want to work, you know, mm-hmm. if they, you know, uh, if, if they want to work at certain places and why. Mm-hmm. And we've also got some younger generations that kind of thrive on transparency a little mm-hmm. bit more. Mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of articles I've seen, again, over the last, I don't know, year or so that are really getting into this. But um, in one particular I found on LinkedIn was kind of um, an interesting little deep dive into this. And they mentioned uh, in particular, according to a recent bank rate survey, 42% of Gen Zers and 40% of millennials have shared their salary information with co 
co-workers, mm-hmm. compared to only 31% of Gen Xers and 19% of baby boomers who said that they have done so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I think that's kind of where a lot of this is, is coming from, is the younger generations apparently are more interested in having these conversations. They're more interested in sharing. Mm-hmm. They're more interested in being transparent and open about it. They're not um, as scared of the idea of talking about this as, as some of the older generations were. Mm-hmm. Plus, there's always been this kind of apparently, you know, this stigma in the workplace of like, you don't talk about it. There's been some workplaces apparently that literally do say that. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think I think there's no, like, from what I understand, there's no legal justification for not doing it. <clears throat> like, you know, you can't mm-hmm. tell people they absolutely cannot do it. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of workplaces kind of had these unofficial policies sure. yeah. of not allowing people to do it. And there's obviously a lot of debate about whether you should or shouldn't. Right. Now, in connection with this, and the reason why I put this topic on here, because this actually is one that I think I've had on the list to talk about for a few months now. There was a post about this, not the same one that I'm going to share in the links. And by the way, as always, all these stuff we're talking about, I'll, I'll yeah, share links. links in the show notes. Mm-hmm. If you're watching us on YouTube, because YouTube is kind of a nightmare to put show links to put mm, links into, right. there'll be one link in there to our show page on Podbean where all the links are going to be there. So Bingo, yeah. if you want to follow along with any of these stories or read them yourself, please go check out those links. Well, in particular, I came across an older article on LinkedIn about this where... They were kind of talking about this topic, and and I'm I'm not one who usually checks out the comments on mm-hmm, stuff because mm-hmm. oh right yeah okay. comments are so where you nightmares. Got the feedback on yeah, form, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but I decided to check out the comments because right. I was curious what people had to say about this particular right. subject. Yeah, there was one in particular that I literally screenshotted from this one woman who <laughs> who responded that said uh, basically the idea of you know, would you share your yeah, you right. know, your mm-hmm. salary with yep. coworkers? Yep. And she says never in almost thirty years of working I've never told anyone my salary. It's unethical and unprofessional. I was taught from day one of working, and it's been a policy at other companies that I've worked at. I believe it also shows management how trustworthy an employee is when they can maintain that level of discretion. I've had younger people ask me in the last 10 years, and it was pretty clear that they weren't taught that wages should never be discussed, and in most companies, it can get a person reprimanded. Mm. On a personal level, I think it's it's in bad taste to ask someone their wages. It's extremely personal. In any skilled or professional career, no two people have the exact same level of experience or knowledge, and wages are determined accordingly. Mm -hmm. Now, Regardless of your opinion on what her opinion there is, mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not saying she's right or wrong necessarily. Mm-hmm. She had a justifiable opinion there for for her her reasoning there. But what was funny about this? So this is one of those comments that, as they say in the world of social media, got ratioed, meaning ratio. there was a lot more people commenting on it than oh. liking it. Oh, <laughs> meaning they had a lot more to say about it than I just see. saying than I just check marking it. Yeah, yeah. But what was really interesting is like I kind of was reading through that thread, and she was responding to a lot of oh, comments, boy. which again dangerous to do. <laughs> If you're going to give a comment that's inflammatory and then start commenting on everyone's comments on it, just starting these comment wars that just sure, don't get sure. you anywhere. No, all right. At no. some point, it came out that she was actually an HR professional mm-hmm. and had access to everyone's salaries in her company anyway. Right. <laughs> to which I kind of said, well, then really you don't have a dog in this fight because you know what everyone makes. Why are you so adamant about this? Like, it's a little bit hypocritical there. Right, right. So, but I, I was curious about your take on this, Dean. Like, is this something people should be discussing? Do you think I, there's a, a viable reason for I it? I don't know that you're going to like my answer. I mean, I, I mean, I see that, the, you know, the, where, where this generation is going with, with transparency. Right, right. I see it as whining, you know, a little bit of whining. <laughs> and it's, well, here's, here's where, I, here's one of the many items that, that popped into my head here. I, and I actually think it can have a negative impact. So I'm going to argue the negative impact okay. that transparency and salaries can have. Um, who here are just some general thoughts I have. Who generally makes more money in a, in, a, in an institution or any organization? Would you think typically people at the top? 
Well, right. Or the, but, or the but, tenured people. But typically, in my estimation, those are people who are working hard, are innovative, are proactive, are team players, are et cetera, et cetera, right? Well, those are generally... Maybe should be. Huh? Well, it should be what? <laughs> Let's say it should be those people. Oh, okay. Is well, it always okay. is the question. Well, we don't know. Right. right. And, right. And, I, and I get that you're arguing for transparency for that reason. Right. But I can tell you that generally, my opinion would be those folks are the ones that are generally making more than other folks. Right. And the right. people that aren't generally making those kind are the people that are whining in the back. Saying, "Hey, you know, what, whatever, you know, they're they're it's it's generally I don't know if it's their ego, I don't know if it's you know this just this cultural thing of of, of whatever, but it can have a negative impact, right? right if right. you if you don't see a path towards increasing your income through hard work and proactive and blah blah blah, and that there's just general evening of the field. See, see, I see transparency as being an evening of the field, and I." I'm just I'm I'm arguing that that can have a negative impact right, in some right. regards, and and that would be one of them, to me. I mean, so uh, is there? There's always going to be discrepancies between what somebody makes along the way, and. The other thing that I would throw on the table is that if you feel like, you know, you're not getting compensated in a way that's, uh, you know, commensurate with the job that you're doing, well, go find another one right, <laughs> and right. try to and try to do that. But but the, I have a different view, I think, uh, of it than than perhaps what this article right. and maybe others would have. Yeah. So anyway, that's my take on it. So here's the thing. I'm I like I'm I won't say that I'm someone who's all about like let's just go out and everybody blast their their salaries out to mm-hmm. everyone. You're not going to find mine blasted out there all over the place. I'm not going to re- sit here and reveal it on the podcast necessarily. I can't say that I wouldn't not have that conversation with someone if someone wanted to talk to me about it and right. if there was a good reason for them to want to discuss it, you know, sure. especially if it was someone who felt like they were being dramatically underpaid mm-hmm. and maybe was doing a job similar to mine. I mm-hmm. felt like should be paid commensurately, you know, mm-hmm. I, maybe I, I, I wouldn't necessarily mind having so that discretion, right? discretion, yeah, right, 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 exactly. Right. But I don't know that I'm going to post it. No, no, yeah, exactly. In a one-to-one conversation, sure. Exactly. Yeah, and right, I think yeah. that's kind of a little bit what we're talking about here. I don't think okay. it's so much about, you know, everybody, like literally there's like just a list you can go find of everyone's Right, you just walk in, it's on the bulletin board and everybody's <laughs> right. list. Well, in government jobs, that, that is the case. <laughs> that's I true. Mean, you can yeah. find out the compensation that's of everybody. True. You know, right? That's a and good so point. there is there is the use case of of this existing. Right. Go ahead. Yeah. But yeah, but I do think you know, again, in this kind of weird place that we're in, with people reevaluating their jobs and mm-hmm. reevaluating mm-hmm. their work and their life and all the balance between that. And plus, mm-hmm. when we get when obviously when you get into things like inequalities when it comes to race, gender, age the various ways that people can get discriminated against in the workplace and that mm-hmm. can be unfortunately reflected in their salaries. Well, but yes, to your point, though, uh, it should be commensurate to people's work and their actual effort. However, we all know that isn't necessarily always that, the case. True. Uh, of course, there's going to be absolutely. Right. And, and I think sure. that's, and For maybe sure. that's kind of where I was this, making this general statements. Yes. Now, let me throw this out on the table. I think that this argument is, is moot at this point because there are so many online resources, salary.com, there's, you can get a game of where you're at on your talent or your how long you've been in your profession, et cetera, et cetera, to, to understand where yep. where it is. Yep. I mean, and, 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 it, it does, and, and those are fully transparent, right? I mean, they they're, do, they're yes. getting honest numbers from from folks, and you can see, where am I? Am I in the middle? Right. Am I in the low end? Am I on the high end? Where am I? I think there's some validity. So why even have this conversation? Well, and I think also, you know, hopefully this is inspiring people, too, to take a little bit more of a proactive role with their salary and their compensation and their worth. Well, that's if true. If you feel like, hey, I'm doing a job that For is sure. worth more than what 
what I'm getting paid. For sure. That you speak up and that you say something about it. That's and right. I know that's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. But if you can, and if you're you're comfortable with doing so, mm-hmm. do it. Because one, you never know when it's going to work. And if it doesn't, then maybe that's a sign that, yes, you do need to go find something else. Mm-hmm. If you are able to demonstrate and go to your superiors and say, hey, look at the, what I'm doing. I know that I'm doing better work than a lot of my other colleagues. Yep. I also have a strong feeling or even know that I'm not getting paid commensurate to them. Mm. Let's have a conversation about sure. that. And either it moves the needle and you get sure. what you what you deserve, or it doesn't, and maybe it's time for you to go find somewhere else go. to work. That's right. The only thing That's I also I will add to this conversation, too, is I am also, though, a big, big believer that we have reached the point where there is not much excuse for for companies not to post at least a salary range mm-hmm. for jobs mm-hmm. when you are posting jobs. Mm-hmm. I can speak from experience from before I came to work here and my mm-hmm. job previous to this. When I did extensive job hunting, was out there throwing out a bunch of resumes mm-hmm. and you know and, and applying for positions. Got some calls about some that mm-hmm. you go through the rigmarole right. all about yeah. the role, and then you get to the point where you talk about <laughs> salary, and they throw out a salary like, "Well, it starts at here, and we can max out at this, and it's like twenty thousand less than you are willing to right. even deal with." Exactly, and that's where I go. Why? Yes. Why did I just? Do I this? should not have wasted my time even applying for this if I had at least known that up front. That's so fair. I, yeah. I, 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 I'm at the point where. There's not I, I I can't see a justifiable reason. And again, I understand mm-hmm. that some places are going to bring people in at certain salaries mm-hmm. based on their experience versus whatever. But again, that can feel a little predatory too. If you're sure. like, well, this person doesn't know any better, right? And they don't have enough experience, so we can pay them much less than this other person. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I I just think there should there there definitely should be more transparency in that when you're applying for jobs or looking for jobs to know or at least if you're going to if you're not going to reveal it you know in the application process have that discussion first uh, up front in the yeah. recruiting process right. when yeah. you talk to somebody one of the first things out of your mouth if you're a recruiter or talking to someone should be like hey I just want to level set. Here's what the salary range is for right. us. Before yeah. we go any further, yeah, 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 yeah. is that going to be okay? That's fair. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. So All right. Maybe some good comes out of it, but hey. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. All right, Dean, something a little more lighthearted so we don't get depressed about our pay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my my topic is, and by the way, I am the farthest thing from an expert of this particular topic, but it's one of those you know things. The, you know just, the clubbing guy? No. Well, you know, but it's one of those things that just, it rubs me the wrong way again. So here, so the whole issue here is that, um, so Rolling Stone, which I'm on the fence of whether or not. Rolling Stone has interesting lists. Let's put it that way. I mean, right. So this is a Rolling Stone list of the top 200 dance songs of all time, right? So, and and I think that everybody's got an opinion here because everybody, I mean, dance is just one of those ubiquitous things. Right, whether right. you went to a high school dance, whether you've attended a <laughs> wedding, whether you've gone, I mean, right? I mean, dance well, let's is be honest. Like, how do you even define a dance song? Okay, well, so that could have a good lot question. to do with this too. Essence, How did they define this it? This is how they defined it. And any song that ever got any one person moving in any perceptible direction <laughs> is a dance song. But, so, okay, wait, hang on a second. Sometimes, like when I listen to Metallica, you yeah. know, or something that's a heavy metal or right. hard rock it's song. Not dance. I'm, I'm like, you know, like I'm drumming along or acting yeah, but like that's I'm, not dance. But I'm moving. So you're, well, that's true. <laughs> but I would not characterize that as, okay, as a dance song. So anyway, moving with a little to bit make of this list yeah. of the 200s greatest dance songs of all time had to be. Uh, uh, to be part of a dance music culture, okay, um, okay. which yeah, and it's Again, more. What does that mean? But yeah, all right. it, it's a more specific world. But anyway, and maybe that's why I've got issues with it. So my biggest issue, and I'm not going to go down the 200 or whatnot, but <laughs> here it is for me. Where would you put a Michael Jackson song in in the top 200? To <sighs> me, 
it would easily be in the top. I'm with you, Marco. It'd yeah. easily be in the top ten. I mean, Mike, uh, the Jackson Five right, produced. Right ubiquitous dance songs i mean if you go to any wedding any whatever you're gonna be dancing to a michael jackson song the the highest he got was number 57 on this what list. song was that uh don't stop till you get enough the, okay. probably okay. one of the okay. better jackson you know yeah, yeah I can, I, I can, that's definitely a dancey dude song. you see you any karaoke you go into marco's got the groove already uh, any <laughs> any any wedding you go to they're playing this song right, even right, today right Back when it was came, it, how, so how is it fifty seven? And then when you look at the people that were above it, have you ever heard of Omni Trio? No. Do you ever heard the song Renegade Snare? I don't think oh well, so. that was really one of the top. It's like I listened to the song, I'm like never heard this. <laughs> I mean, so maybe it's their dance music culture is the right, only right. out here. But if you're talking like the two hundred greatest dance songs, I mean, I think that there. Anyway, I got real issues with this list that Rolling Stone put out. So yeah. I'll give you the number one, two, and three. Donna Summers was number one. I feel good. I feel love. I'm sorry. Everybody knows that one. Daft Punk. One more time. That's a good Which one. I, I will. I will agree with yep. that one. And the, and then. Chick, uh, good times, right? Uh, that classic. A chic. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, classic song right, in, right. in again played. So I'm not d- disagreeing with their top right, three. Right. But how does Michael Jackson not make at least your top twenty? Yeah, I. You know, I wondered. Like, first of all, I thought, like, okay, is it because you, maybe people consider more of his stuff to be more of just R and B in general? Or is it some kind of backlash? You know, I mean, you it know, could be the backlash. It's, it's, I'm it, with it's, you. It's hard. I, gotcha. you know, I, yep. I admit I have a hard time reconciling I, my feelings. We about all Michael do. Jackson's we days. all do. I still I love the music, but I'm like, you <laughs> but know, it's, a piece it's hard. Of art, but yes, you know. if you're going to be objective about it oh, yeah, right. and just objectively pick the songs, yeah. I agree. There probably could have been something a little bit higher on the list. If if even just that particular song potentially yeah. top twenty yeah. there. So yeah, and then some of the other ones that they had on there as well. I mean, mm-hmm. I would have I would have listed some of the ones that they had much, much, much higher uh, than they did. And honestly, I felt so disconnected. I mean, there is maybe, <laughs> maybe 10% of the songs I recognize. Right, right. So maybe it is this dance culture I, that I was I'm just say, like I, I felt the same. I didn't, I didn't go through the whole list. I kind of like jumped to the top 20 and was <laughs> yeah, going right. through those. Yeah. And you're right. I, I There was maybe... Maybe half of them that I actually recognized, if yeah. even that many. Yeah. And again, yes, I'm not a dance culture person. Like, there's, you know, like Daft Punk is probably, you know, the the closest to dance that I still listen to on a regular basis. I was into like, you know, Crystal Method and Chemical Brothers right. for a little okay. while there. Right. Know, I still That's like fair. some of their stuff. That's fair. But but yeah, I, I'm I'm probably not the target audience for dance music for the most part. <laughs> so I, I figured that's probably why I didn't have a lot to judge well, here. But I'm gonna end on this. List. How does Kylie Minogue? <laughs> Was it can't get enough of your or not? Can't, can't get enough, can't yeah. get you out of my can't head. Can't get you out of my head. Yeah, yeah that, that catchy was tune, but yeah, way yeah. above Michael yeah. Jackson. Yeah. Jackson yeah. Five. Anyway, oh, I so. will also point out. Yeah, Rolling Stone has one of the worst website interfaces. Totally for, for, terrible for checking these lists out. Terrible. I've noticed it before. I was going through a list of I think their top 100 videos or something mm-hmm, of all time, mm-hmm. and like it is a site that is slow as hell. My the fan on my computer literally ramps up into overdrive. Yeah, yeah. whenever I run one of their sites, yeah. I don't know what it is about. If oh, they because they're trying to load all this content. Yeah, too much content. Videos man, here, gifts there. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it, a, it's that, a nightmare. That, that kind of tweaked my website design. <laughs> 
you know, the, the, the tick that I get about that stuff. Fair enough. So let's get into the social media. All right, then. let's talk about social media stats. Yeah. So um, there was this came from uh, Wave, who um, I, I'm always on their email list for, you know, podcast-related stuff, whatever. They are an interesting site that like can help create snippets for podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had a, a, a pretty interesting survey of our uh, statistics, rather, come out called 2022 Staggering Statistics on Mainstream Social Media Usage. And, uh, and basically, they were just kind of doing a, a rundown of how much people are using social media. Um, I found some interesting stats here on the number of hours and uh, the number of users Scary. and hours spent. So let's let's look at a couple of these. <laughs> Scary. According to the 2022 Global Overview Report by Data Reportal, 4.6 billion people around the world actively use social media. That's more than half of the world's population at 58%. Yeah. Out of those 4.6 billion social media users... 424 million of them are new users who have just joined social media platforms in the last 12 months. Uh, according to Run the same, away. yeah, according to the same report, 12. Point, 12 and a half trillion hours are spent online. Is that trillion with a T, John? Trillion with a T, uh-huh. which is a new milestone in internet consumption. The average time that users spend on social media is two hours and 27 minutes per day. That's so, unbelievable. If you are one of these people who feel, ever feels guilty about the time you spend that's unbelievable. doom scrolling Twitter or thumbing through Facebook yeah. or something, you you probably are actually below the curve. Well, or, so I am. Or, uh, I'm way know, below that curve. I'm I feeling am. old. I mean, and granted, I'm, I'm not a the... Facebook user anymore, so that helps. Oh, well, but that, yeah. still, right. like, man, that's a lot of time. That's that's I'm watching a movie every day. Yeah, every single yeah. day. Yeah, that that amount of time spent mm-hmm. on social. And I don't yeah. know about you, but like, and granted, I know you know we all check social media while we're working sometimes. But like, mm-hmm. if you think about the time, the free time you have mm-hmm. outside of your work hours and mm-hmm. whatever else life throws your way, right? How much of that are you wasting if you're spending two and a half hours on social right? media? Right. That's yes. nuts to me. Yes. All right. So, of course, they also gave statistics on social media channels. It's no surprise, obviously. Facebook is number one at 2.9 billion monthly active users. Mm-hmm. The top five are YouTube. Uh, after Facebook are YouTube, WhatsApp, Instagram, and Facebook Messenger. <laughs> find it interesting that four of those are owned by, by Meta. Meta and are all part of the Facebook <laughs> dynamic there. Uh, so that that was kind of interesting. Oh, TikTok man. obviously is pretty high on the list now. It's up to number seven with one billion. Um, I did find there were some stuff in here. Like I kind of feel like WhatsApp. Like is that really a social I, media? I, like I, I think it is in other you know, cultures. Well, that's like, true. Like that's, in that's China, a very good point. I believe it that's is a very good point. Very a lot of other cultures so. do use it as kind of like social media. Yeah. And it's sharing a lot of information. Yeah. So I guess I get that. Yeah. yeah. So it was a, uh, but a lot of those I hadn't even heard of. QQ, what's that? I, no, no, no idea. Q Zone, yeah. no idea what that is. Yeah, yeah. I, so I, I, some of these are probably foreign. I would assume yeah. they're used in more yeah. in other countries. So yeah. Yeah. interesting list, interesting stats. Um, well, so I pulled out some things. With my love for video. That's right. And, and yeah, I yeah. always kind of great. Were you going to go there? No, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So uh, there were a couple things that there that uh, let me just throw a couple of them out. Eighty-two uh, percent of all consumers uh, traffic are all. Of all traffic is video based. You know, that's a 15% increase from just three years ago. 55% of people watch videos online every single day. 78% of people are watching videos online every week. So video is heavily consumed, you know, uh, through through social and whatnot. Here here you go, though. This is no surprise. Men spend 40% more (laughs) of their time consuming online video content compared to women. Uh, can can we just face it that men and women are wired differently, <laughs> yeah, you know, in some yeah. degrees, and and there's one of them, uh, right? 
Uh, well, I know I buck the trend there because I tend to be more of an audio like like it's the whole podcast thing. Okay, well, let's know, go down like, the audio thing though. Let me get, yeah, let me hit yeah. you with the next stat. When watching videos online, ninety two percent of consumers watch video with the sound off. That was shocking. I guess to that me. makes sense though because especially when you think of social media feeds. Okay, and when you're scrolling through social media, a lot of the videos now. You can turn them off so there's not an automatic sound. Right. One, you don't want that. Like if you're in a place where you don't want sound bursting out. Right. And and they usually will caption them so that you can just read along while you're watching. So I guess mm -hmm. I get that. Mm -hmm. Like it is, but it also speaks a lot to the importance of one video itself, mm -hmm. which you know, again, we've talked about on this show before, and we joked about the fact that like you know, do we that we did this as a video podcast. Right. 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 When it went against my name, my grain of thinking like <laughs> podcasts are audio thing, right? But then right. realizing like no, we there's a lot of traction for video for a lot of reasons mm -hmm. beyond just the fact that a lot of people like video, but also because it makes for great content. You know, mm -hmm. when you're snipping it and putting it out there, people tend to stop and pay attention to it or notice right. it yeah, when they're clearly. scrolling through a feed. So right. I thought well, that was pretty compelling. I, I thought it was too, and and uh, I mean I get it, but to me that was a really really high number yeah. uh, of folks. So really yeah. an interesting survey, you know. It just to me it just further emphasizes the <laughs> fact that oh my gosh, this is a monster yep. that, that social media is it, with all these is. people. Fifty eight percent of the population now of the world. Yeah, is on some type of social format. I will be interested format. in another ten years to see what that list looks like of like the most popular ones. Like, uh, is, do you think the meta stuff will still be at the top in ten I years? I don't know. I mean, history would say no, probably but, not. But you don't know. Right? I mean, if we would go back ten years, I guess you know Facebook's probably there still. Mm -hmm. Was that would that have been in two thousand twelve? Still, I guess yeah, mm -hmm. probably yeah. would have at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. Well, we'll Could be see. Interesting. Yeah, 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 all right, yeah. Dean, talk to us a little bit about uh, starting a career. Well, uh, all right. Well, or if you want to move, right? Like if you right, need right. a new career or something like that, it's sometimes helpful to understand where physically you should be, <laughs> right? So one of, those, uh, one of those surveys came out and said, you know, what are your top cities to go to if you are going to start a career or maybe are thinking of moving into a different career? Spoiler alert here. So, you know, we were just talking about compensation and right, stuff like right. that. So I guess if I'm feeling like I'm not getting compensated enough, I might have to move to Salt Lake City, Orlando, or Atlanta. Salt Those Lake are City your was top an one. three. Well, Salt Lake City is the number one. Now, what's their methodology on this particular list? They, they, they viewed 182 cities out there, but really they only did two key metrics, and I'm okay with this, this particular one. Professional opportunities, and then they get into a vastness of what that means, right. uh, and then quality of life. So those are really the two optics that they're using here to judge whether or not you should start this new career, your right. career in one of these cities, uh, based on those two optics. So that's not that's not terrible, right? Uh, just those two. Unless in, did you have a problem with any of those? Uh, no, I didn't. I yeah. know that was all pretty pretty straightforward. Yeah. I suppose compared the to some of the other stuff where the methodology was kind yeah. of all over the place that we've right. done before. Right. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the like the professional opportunities, it was stuff like entry level jobs. How many are available? How many four star companies are out there? Right. What is the medium income growth rate? So this is one of those that I was like, eh, okay, maybe maybe I'm I'm believing this one. But again, it was a little bit surprising that Salt Lake City, Orlando, Orlando actually. Actually, three of the top cities, uh, a top 10, were all in Florida. So Florida is like a state that if you want to start a career, seems to be a really good state to go to. Got to give a shout out to Cincinnati. Yep. You're number 25 on yeah. this list, so that's not bad. But then you look at the bottom three, New York. 
is like the almost last place, Shreveport, Louisiana. Okay, yeah. I, don't know, yeah. I don't know about <laughs> a lot a... about Shreveport, and then North Las Vegas. I always thought Las Vegas was like this boomtown of 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 places <clears throat> to start a career and stuff like that. Apparently, not so much anymore. So no, there you have it. If you're looking to start a new career, go to Salt Lake City. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I did find interesting also, like the. You mentioned the Florida ones, and yet they most of them ranked kind of mid-tier on quality of life. Right. Except Orlando. Orlando was still fairly high. It was number 14 on mm. quality of life, so that mm. wasn't too bad there. But like Miami and Tampa, for instance, were definitely a little bit lower. I, what I did find was interesting, because I always like to check this stuff, too, is like the quality of life. The number one was Madison, Wisconsin, which comes in at number 16 <laughs> overall. So, Have these people ever lived in Madison, Wisconsin? Uh, I mean, it's really cold <laughs> up in there. I, I love Madison, Wisconsin. I guess if that's on. your thing, you know, like if that's you know if it's a climate, six you months can out of the so. year, it is cold, dude. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting list, yeah. So, so quality of life so being burrowed away. Check out your, this link if you're thinking of making a move. Yeah, um, and maybe uh, maybe you might find your your next destination for a job. So. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. All yeah. right. Um, let's see. Any more else you want to add on that? Nope, I'm good. Okay. That's it. Yep. All right. So uh, let's talk about Wi-Fi. All right. Now, you may have already looked at this ahead of time, but do, do you know what Wi-Fi stands for? I admittedly had no idea what Wi-Fi stands for. I don't know what it stands for. Most people... I'm, I'm, I would assume it was wireless something. So most people assume it's wireless fidelity. Right. Okay. There you go. Well, apparently, it doesn't stand for anything. <laughs> What do you mean it doesn't stand for anything? So, so I came across this interesting article from Tech Radar. Wi-Fi means nothing. That no, it doesn't. That um, basically it had dug up an old interview with one of the the founders of the the Wi-Fi Alliance from 2005. All right. <clears throat> that basically pointed out that like you know the original first of all they said the original name for Wi-Fi was I E E E 802.11b direct sequence. <laughs> Doesn't really roll off the tongue. That's an engineer coming. Hey, not can I marketing. Can I connect to your IEEE eight hundred two eleven B direct sequence? Not something you're going to do. So they had a consulting firm come in oh, and make suggestions for yes. what to call it. And one of the suggestions was Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi, not as an abbreviation for something, but just as a name. Wi-Fi. Oh, I see. Because it's. It's catchy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's all it was. It was a marketing gimmick. Yeah. So they adopted it. And Brilliant. apparently, the reason why people think of it as wireless fidelity and assume that's what it means is uh -huh. because the Wi-Fi alliance themselves got tired of trying to explain to people that it was just a marketing thing, like a name <laughs> they came up with. So someone at some point decided, like, we'll just call, we'll say it's wireless fidelity. And they created a tagline, the standard for wireless fidelity. And at some point, apparently, even eventually, the U.S. military started calling it that. So it kind of stuck, and everyone ah. just assumed that was what it stood for. Uh -oh. But in reality, it doesn't. And they kind of point out in this article, <laughs> if you stop to think about it, the name doesn't make any sense either. Fidelity, in a technical sense, refers to how well a device can reproduce a signal. High-fidelity TVs, for example, can reproduce images that could be mistaken for the real thing. But Wi-Fi doesn't do that. It's just a way to connect devices to one another. You're not reproducing anything. <laughs> so I just thought that was interesting. It's one of those things like... Uh, I, I, I had no I idea. I came across the it article that said, you know, Wi-Fi you know, wi doesn't actually mean anything. I'm like, what do you mean it doesn't mean anything? It's wireless fidelity. And I clicked on this and realized, like, no, you're so there, right. It could have been anything. It could have been... <laughs> Jaja, <laughs> or it could have been you named. It could have. The, you know, I right? would love to know what the other guy. Apparently, there was ten different things. <laughs> oh, that the I would love to know what they were. I'm sure it's probably out there somewhere, but I'd love to know what the other suggestions.
services were that yes. we that we could have had as our way of saying Wi-Fi. Like, yeah, I want to connect to your Yaya, you know? Right? Yeah, 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 or something like that. Exactly. It's, it's, what? What? No, I had no idea. That's no one idea. of those fun little water cooler. That things. is I think right. you could, Wi-Fi you could means nothing. Yeah, there you exactly. go. All right, so we're all struggling with this work from home, right? And we struggling. So, I'm enjoying it. Well, okay, we're not struggling. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, questioning, wondering. Right, you right. know, how where are the trends going and stuff like that. So the next one for me kind of stuck a little bit, and it seemed like this was a pretty legit survey. 25,000 Americans in the spring of this year uh, conducted a survey about work from home, found 58, uh, the, the, mo- the most striking figure to emerge out of the research is 58%. That's the number of Mer- Americans who reported having the opportunity to work from home at least one day a week, right? So mm-hmm. almost 60% of people, I mean, think about the cultural change that that, or the workforce oh, yeah. change that that yeah. has. 60% of the people now have the ability to work at least one day from home. 35% of respondents uh, are saying they have have, uh, they can work from home five days a week. So there's your delta, right? right so, right. you know, 60% at least one day, 35% can still work five days a week uh, from home. And what also makes these numbers particularly notable is that respondents worked in all kinds of jobs, even white white collar, which is what everybody is expecting. Right, right. But even blue collar mm-hmm. worker, workers uh, were, were, were um, responding to that as well. So that's pretty interesting, right? I mean, yeah. it's just, yeah. again, it just gets to this commentary of where are we? What is the work from home environment going to be, especially kind of coming out of the pandemic. I think right. I think it's pretty well, right? In America, like, it's yeah. like we're done. It's, we, it's we, here, yeah. yeah. Which, did <laughs> you expect that? Like, Because I know we talked about this a lot early mm-hmm. on. Like, I think some of our earliest episodes we were talking about uh-huh. this whole thing. All right. And I know the big debate was when this is, quote, over, over. You know, which, you know, again, pandemic over whole, is a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. But when we were at least to the point where we didn't feel like we had to be at home, mm-hmm. Were you know did we did we think this was all going to come to an end or that it would or that it would still remain? Yeah, and I think I think I was more on the side of I think we've we've hit enough of a fundamental change that it's not going to go away. I would especially agree. the longer the tail went, like the longer more people worked from home and mm-hmm. the more and more they got comfortable with it, and the more and more businesses realized, hey, we can still be a solid, profitable, well well oiled working business with our employees working from home. It felt like you got to the point where you just you couldn't go back, right? Like you, were, it was gonna be hard to tell people like, nope, you all have, suddenly have to come back to the office, and we're just not doing this anymore. How did you feel about that? Well, I mean, right? I mean, I always thought it would be a hybrid is where we would land, and right. I think that that's kind of where yeah. the world is landing. Some kind of because there's there's benefits to being in yes. the office. There's benefits to being at home uh, on a personal level. Everybody likes the autonomy and working from home, right. but you know, from a workforce and from getting business done and camaraderie and all the things that come with the benefits of being in a work a place. Uh, actually, there was an interesting Wall Street Journal article that really kind of dove into they were making the cultural argument that we got to get back into the office because, you know, putting people in in their homes, isolated, not interacting. When you think about all the things that would happen in a work environment, you know, not just the camaraderie, but just the learning, the ability to react to other people, understand how other people are uh, in, in, on political issues, on you know mundane things, it's just you, we're missing that. And and if you when you take that away, what happens? You know, to an isolated community, is everybody becomes fractured and even more polarized. So I mean, it was really an interesting article. That is, I mean, basically this late I forget her name. She was arguing we got to get back. We got to get back in the office to some degree uh, and quickly. You know, because right, it's right. all going to melt down if we don't. So anyway, uh, very interesting. So at the end of the road, you know, I always felt 
thought it would be some kind of hybrid and some and a little bit more flexibility, you know, because those companies that were very, very stringent about it, uh, there's just a little bit more flexibility uh, built into the system now. So yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah. And I think but a little a, bit more st- uh, now some stats to back it yeah, up because exactly. you, you don't know. You right. know. It's like, well, what is the rest of the world doing? Well, yeah. you know, 35 percent are still five days a week. Yeah. Can, can and I think that's home. what it came down to for me, too, is the idea that the flexibility is there. Right. That I'm, I think more businesses than I expected. I'm, I'm more surprised. I'm surprised by how many businesses have, you know, again, that 58% stat, the fact that more than half of companies are flexible enough to say, hey, we will allow this to happen at least one day a week, mm-hmm. which I think was maybe a little bit more than I expected. Again, I thought it would, you know, I, I thought it was kind of going to be here to stay to some extent. Mm-hmm. But and you thought were, we would go back. I thought, well, not like and mass go back, but mm. I thought more companies would be resistant to it and would and eventually push back. And maybe that still I mean, could happen we'll in see. the future. I mean, right? We could we could be a year or two down the road. You might have a little bit more of a swap. No, we got to bring people, everybody. Right, once the right. once the pendulum starts going back the other way, right. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe, but you know, I think, but I. I I'm interested in where it's at for now, and I again, I'm pleased with it. You know, it's, oh, sure. I've, yeah. I actually find my, I feel like I'm more productive now than I probably was yep. in coming to an office for the most part. Yeah. But again, I also do enjoy. Obviously, we got to come in here to do this. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy the opportunities when I do get to go in and mm-hmm. and and meet with my you know coworkers. So, absolutely. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, hey, um, you kind of mentioned the topic earlier about um, where to work. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about millennials and uh, where they're landing because this was kind of an interesting article to me. Um, a study that the AP News published this, um, millennials didn't stray far from where they grew up. Mm-hmm. So this was an interesting um, study that they they broke down here that basically found that, um, here's the stat here, by the age of 26, more than two-thirds of young adults in the U.S. lived in the same area where they grew up. Mm-hmm. 80% had moved less than 100 miles away, and 90% resided less than 500 miles away. Mm. Um, so migration distances were shorter for black and Hispanic individuals compared to white and Asian young adults, and the children of higher-income parents traveled farther away from their hometowns than those of less wealthy parents, according sure. to the study, which I feel like when you get into the breakdown like that, it kind of makes a little more sense. But it, it is interesting that, like, you know, and granted, I know people, you can probably crack your jokes about the millennials, like, not being able to, you know, break the ties with their <laughs> parents, whatever. But, you know, it, it is interesting that you're finding, and I guess also this is interesting to me because I feel like we very much live in an area where, you know, when you come from kind of, or have, you know, a, um, you know, some rural or small town areas mm-hmm, in your, mm-hmm, around you. Mm-hmm. There's always that joke of the folks that just right. don't yeah. get don't out of their in. hometown. They stay there, yeah, they stay there right. their entire lives. Yeah. And and I'll be honest, you know, I I'm pretty much been in this you know northern Kentucky mm-hmm. tri-state zone for most of my life. You know, mm-hmm. I, I you know I moved my parents out to Colorado for like four years in the late '80s. But mm-hmm. other than that, I've pretty much been in this entire area most of my life. Yep. You know, within probably a good. Yep. I don't know, 30 mile radius or so the yeah. whole time. Um, yeah. So, I, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's, but it's interesting to see that, you know, younger adults who do tend to have a little more autonomy and a little more desire to get out and about and explore and try new things that maybe we did in our youth where it was, where, you know, there was a more of an attitude of like, well, you, you, you know, you follow in your parents' right. footsteps, you right. do what they did kind of thing. Yeah. But yet yeah. they're still actually still choosing to kind of stay close to home yeah. at the end of right? the day. Right. Those family ties, those roots. Yeah. It's, I think that's really hard to buck. You know, yeah. it's just like the, a, a natural type of a thing. But to your point, I mean, of any generation that's had the, the ability to do it, it would definitely be this one. I right. mean, they're having kids later in life. Right. 
a little bit more time, you know, between the child uh, bearing years or or whatnot. And and so, yeah, you would think that that, that folks would uh, flock, uh, or at least to a certain degree, especially out of and and I guess some of the trends show that uh, like older cities up in the northeast you know like if you go to phoenix there's like there's nobody there that's like grew up in phoenix <laughs> right yeah it's interesting there are some cities transplants. that are like that yeah. yes yeah well i think you see that in texas I'm, i would imagine you know a yeah. lot of those cities yeah. that i mean san antonio 30, 30 years ago is like a podunk well i want to say podunk but really small now it's like one of the largest cities in america right. so uh, and all that's probably through that. So yeah. yeah, it is interesting to see that. But uh, right, hard to hard yeah. to fuck those natural. They, they ties. mentioned a lot about like the commuting zones being an issue with this too. The fact that mm-hmm. like you know the the way a lot of especially cities are kind of organized in the suburbs around them that you can't get too far out without being outside of a commuting zone to a potential job. Mm-hmm. And again, that's one of those things here in the tri-state, I feel like we kind of understand that. You know, there's there's a certain realm you can go to that if you go too far beyond it, you're going to be out of the radius of, that's right. of a lot of jobs yep. that you might potentially work. Now, granted, again, mm-hmm. that's where maybe the whole work from home thing might, you know, mm-hmm. influence this. And I'm curious, again, if maybe if we take this poll again and do this study in another 10 years, if we've kept up the whole work from home thing, maybe that might change things mm-hmm. a little bit. Maybe. If, if that's a factor, you it's, know, yeah, 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 yeah. Th- that may not be the only factor, obviously, you know, familial ties and connections with where you grew up and your yep. family might have a big, have a lot to do with it. Yep. But if it's strictly about work and the opportunities to work and, yep. and you know, living somewhere that you don't have a ridiculous commute, mm-hmm. maybe that changes if more, if more people were able to work from home full time instead. So All right. that, that so might have some I'm going to, I'm going to weave a thread for you here then and pick up on this because there's been an urbanization, right? Of right. population here recently. And when you think about it, when you go into the smaller cities in, in America, what used to be out there, manufacturing or yeah, the, yeah. the industries that supported manufacturing. I mean, you drive through any small town Ohio and that's what it is. You know, they would have a plant somewhere right, and that right. fed the community and call it a 75 mile radius around that plant. Right. I mean, that's where people worked yep. and, 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 and things of that nature. So my next story that's connecting is actually maybe a little tech driven, uh, gets around the whole idea of um, uh, boostering our internal, the U.S., chip manufacturing mm-hmm. capability, right? So Intel announced that it was uh, named lead to the first phase of what the Pentagon, so th- the angle here is that the government obviously is taking a step back and saying, uh-oh, you know, I think we need to start internalizing some of this chip yeah. making, you know, back here in America. So they cr- they created the Pentagon's Rapid Assured Microelectronics Prototypes Commercial, or the RAMPSI program. Leave it to the government to come up with a good acronym. <laughs> That's an acronym for you, which aims to establish a domestic manufacturing ecosystem for vital electronics. Oh, do you think that's important? I mean, really? So, do you Again, think it, why did it take a pandemic to make that happen? W- w- exactly. <laughs> why, why are we, you know, the, clearly the pendulum had swung way too far with globalization and outsourcing and uh, and things of that nature. But we need this tech to keep us sovereign. Yeah. So, uh, I'm, you know, I'm in favor of this. But in what I'm hoping, you know, kind of going back to what we were just talking about, about, you know, when we start doing chip manufacturing and bringing some of these manufacturing things back into uh, America, maybe you're going to start seeing, maybe. you know, you know, populations go back out yep. to yep. these centers. And because, you know, not only is there, well, Intel's building a huge plant in between Columbus and Cincinnati. It's right. a, it's literally in the middle of a cornfield. And that's going to, you know, the, the industry around there will thrive. And then that'll bring other suppliers that supply that. Right. Uh, I mean, you know, it's I'm hoping it's a really good thing 
thing that comes out of these types of yeah. things. So I was, you know, yeah, it's good. But thing. you're right. It's interesting to think about that because I, um, I was on vacation a couple of weeks ago and it, we were on our way to Myrtle Beach mm-hmm. and somewhere in the Carolinas, I don't know where we were. We were very much driving through kind of, I think it was as we got closer, so, you know, to, to the beach area, driving through what seemed like kind of just like small towns, mm-hmm. you know, little highway, yep. and randomly came across a big Thermo Fisher plant. There you go. Uh, and I mean, and again, like I said, it, it was one of those things. It's probably like, huge, right? It was. It was huge. Not mm-hmm. in the middle of a big city, but I'm sure that there are... A lot of people in those surrounding towns that were working at that place. Oh, hundred percent! Sure yeah. Huge job supply. They need for that metal area. fabrication for the factory. You know, yep. something goes yep. down or whatever. They need. They need all these little industries feed into those yeah. types of things, uh, and which has kind of you know been hollowed over the last yeah. 20, 30 years. So, so hopefully you're right about that. And, yep. You know, people can start spreading back out a little bit more. Let's again. bring it back. So. There you go. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, that was my tech connect, or at least uh, my last story there. All right. Well, hey, that does it for our tech bites. Uh, yes. Hopefully you got some some good little. Nuggets yes. that you can take out to your coworkers, your customers, stuff to talk about. Hey, if you if you want to talk about some of that stuff with us, yeah. reach out to us. We always want to hear from you. Uh, first of all, as always, if you are watching us on YouTube, hit the like button for this episode. Make sure you're subscribed to our channel so you don't miss our content. Mm-hmm. Leave us a comment. If there's yeah. one of these topics we talked about that you have a thought on, go down, type in a quick comment. Um, don't start a comment war necessarily, but you know. <laughs> Give us your thoughts, your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, of course, if you, you know, listen to us on any of our podcasters of choice, especially mm. if you're on Apple or Spotify and you have the opportunity to leave us a review, please do that. A five-star rating review goes a long way to helping fi- other customers or other listeners find us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, we just want to hear from you. We yeah, what, what if you they got the an show. idea, right? Exactly. Yes. If you have an idea for the podcast, we want that too. If you go to the show notes, there is always a link there to submit your ideas for the podcast. Maybe it's a tech bite topic. That you uh, want I was us to just talk about, about to go there, and if you have one, we'll dial you up and talk to you about your tech. Bite. There you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll let you join in on on the pod. So okay, you, we don't have to do that. If no, we don't have to. If, but if, you got if you're gun idea. shy and you don't want to talk about it, that's fine. But if you want us to talk about it, we'll do that for you too. And hey, just for sending us ideas for tech bites for the podcast in general, mm-hmm. anything that you have an idea that you want us to talk about on the show, even if we don't get around to using yep. it, we will send you a Tech Connect podcast T-shirt. Bingo. I there mean, you go. Free swag. Who doesn't need a new T-shirt? That's right. Yeah. And a really it. nice one. It is. It's a very nice one. Come it's on very now. soft. It's yep. comfortable. It's one you're actually going to want to wear around. Yep. It's not like too glaring about a podcast, too, so you're no, not going to have to like... it's subtle. It's a good shirt. Yeah, you're not going to have yeah. to explain it to everybody you come across. Right. It's just a nice, comfy T-shirt. You'll it's appreciate very, it. So That's good stuff. Yep. And of course, as always, if you want to stay connected with us, you can find us on Twitter at TechConnectPod. You can also email us, TechConnect at BlueStarInc.com. All right, let's wrap things up here. This is where we normally do our value to the VAR segment. Yep. And as always, I'm going to ask, are there any takeaways from these stories you think that are valuable to our VARs? Uh, okay, so I'm going to go back to the marketing, okay. you know, the angle yep. with the yep. social media and the stats. You know, if you are in marketing, if you're a reseller, I mean, video is where it's at. If you don't have a video component yep. to your marketing strategy, uh, some of those stats that we laid down, go read the article. There's even more stats that will make you even more of a believer that having some type of video capacity even if it's just shooting videos on your cell phone or whatnot, it doesn't have to be a sophisticated high-end production. That's right. But video speaks volumes, and people are are watching it. So yep. I was going to say connect. the same thing. That is, I think, probably the top takeaway from okay. these is video is a a huge important part of social media these days. It's, yep. a, it's an important part of getting you know noticed when people are flipping through their feeds. So if you are doing any kind of social media promotion at all, mm-hmm. wherever it's at, if you can incorporate some video, and it, it could be something as simple as when you're out doing an Instagram 
install, let's say. You're working with yep. your customers and you're helping install some technology. Have someone there, yeah. Oh, Take in yeah. some video of it. Absolutely. And and throw that up and just say, hey, look what we did today what a great for idea. such and such customer. Yep. You know, this was mm-hmm. uh, you know a lot of fun. They you know put together a great solution. You yep. know, can't wait to see, can't wait to see how it works for them. Something like that. Yeah, awesome. that's the kind of stuff that people will stop and pay attention to. Especially right. if you do one of those cool videos where you're like, you know, running it fast. You know, to like show the passage of time <laughs> kind <laughs> of thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. 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 Might need a little bit of video editing quality ah, there for that. But you can you know, do so much. You can yeah. probably do it on your own. Honestly, sure. again, your iPhone. You know, your your oh, smartphone, sure. Android phone. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, those things have a lot of that stuff built in to easily take yep. care of that. So yep. yes, yep. good good value to the bar right yep. there. Yep. All right, let's wrap up as always with our what's tech connecting with you. This yep. Is where we get to talk about something in the world of science, tech, innovation that has yeah. caught our eye. What's tech connecting with you this week, uh, Dean? Well, so I, I stumbled across uh, this organization. Have you ever heard of Y Combinator? It's, no. it's like an association that twice a year they fund $500,000 per company on early stage startups. And so they had, actually this was last year, they had one of their spring festivals where they highlight a, a bunch of startup companies. I mean, that's what this organization d- does. They try to feed uh, you know, young startups. And oh, by the way, let me give you a list of some of their successes. Airbnb, Dropbox, Instacart, Coinbase. DoorDash, Stripe, all those <laughs> companies came through, and the list is like that's a pretty successful really, list. Yeah. If you go, I, I had no idea this Y Combinator existed, but now when I read, I'm like, oh my god, that's pretty cool. So that's I the just company want, you want on your side, apparently, no doubt, right? I mean, if they if they invest, if you're one of the two that they invest in a year, <laughs> you got some you're pretty, pretty good. You're companies. pretty much locked in. Yeah. So anyway, I was reading through the list of folks that, and I think there was like a hundred. No, there were 377 startups that were in. Uh, from 47 different countries that were highlighted during these two-day spring festival. But a couple of them were in our world. Milky Way AI. No, it's not, you know, they're not building a supercomputer (laughs) to scan the stars. Instead, it's building a computer intelligence to scan shelves. Uh, So we might see this in in our world, right? Uh, So that's their whole tech is around, you know, uh, the ability to scan shelves and check where goods are in stocks and stuff like that. Now, they're pretty small right now. They only have uh, at this time, they only had eleven thousand dollars in monthly revenue. But there's one of those, you know, little companies out there that that, that is trying to do something, make a play in the retail space. The other one I wanted to throw at you is SliceQ, uh, which, which is basically some well, some startups are building delivery robots and ordering systems that include new tech. SliceQ, <laughs> this one's a good one, wants to take a very old tech and refurbish it into a modern world. So basically what they do is they take orders over the phone and convert it into an order. So you can like call. Remember when you would... You do, do you remember ordering a pizza Once 25 years ago? Yeah. You would call a number yeah. and they... Yeah. Like, oh, hey, Jack's Pizza, what do you want? Right. You want? Yeah. <laughs> I want a large pepperoni. I don't right want to like this. I don't understand anything okay, you're saying. Slice Q yeah. will convert that into an actual order so people can still phone. Now, uh, so are, are you talking to a person or are you just calling no, into like You're just AI? calling in. You're calling into AI. And and it's going to translate the whole thing and put and turn it into an order for people. But is it going to be one of those things where like you know it says like you know you know tell us your phone number and you do it and it's like okay was it and it repeats the wrong number and you're like no <laughs> it was eight five nine I don't know or I haven't you're, you're yelling at your phone with slice cube. I'm hoping I'm, they're better. I'm than hoping that. it's a lot better right, than right. that. They've okay. already uh, they're they're condu- conducting about two hundred thousand dollars a month uh, in transactions. So it's up and running. It's it's, so it's there's some. 
some labor savings right there. There's some labor savings right there. A call center necessarily. So a couple of them. Now I I don't think either one of these companies won that coveted five hundred thousand dollar you know award. But hey, uh, I'm going to start watching out for this Y Combinator on a yearly basis to see what's going out there. It was it was a fun read just to see all these innovative things that people are doing. You know, man. You know, you and I are pretty intelligent guys. But do you ever like hear about some of these startups and go like, man, everyone's so much smarter than us, right? <laughs> Why didn't I think of well, that? You and know? they're younger, and they have yeah. you know they don't have the burdens of kids and families, yeah, and they can yeah. just they can spend and a year. You know and what say, it is? Oh, let's see what happens here. It's it's something that we actually all do. All of us at some point sit around at some point and oh, say, the million man, dollar idea. Would it be nice if blah blah blah? Yes. And then we just like we talk about it, like yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> And then we don't do anything. We go, we we turn the football game back on, or go get another beer. That's right. You know, yeah. go to bed. Yeah. The difference is, is the folks that get that idea and go, let's do let's it. You do know, this. and start and, yeah. and burn a passionate, you know, right. lifestyle around I making mean, that happen. God so. love these slice cute people. They got a passion for turning that old fashioned <laughs> phone conversation into an order. I mean, that's I could get behind that because I my one of my whole like I'm I'm not someone who likes to talk on the phone to people. Right. And for some reason, I don't know why, it's one of those things I've always had a hang up about yep. my entire life. Mm-hmm. And the idea of, but I, I have a feeling like if I could talk to a robot, like to an AI, and it's not an actual person, I'd feel mm. so much better about that. I don't know why. <laughs> it's just that feeling of like, you know, I'm always. You'd rather talk to a I cold, cold I, hard machine. I think I've always been in that mindset of like, if there's a person on the other end, I'm going to sound like a moron at some point. And I, and I don't, uh, I hate sounding like a moron. I see, so, I see, says yes. the guy who probably sounds like a moron on this podcast on a regular basis, but. <laughs> anyway, what's tech connecting uh, with you? Then? All right, so I, I mentioned this on our last pod that um, for Prime Day this year, I, I decided to yes. indulge into some smart home stuff. You did I the mentioned camera. The, the doorbell camera yes. that I got into. Well, there were two other things that I hadn't tried out yet at the time that we recorded that. Okay. And I have since um, installed and played with. One is the Nest thermostat. Okay. Uh, so I'm not sold on this. Sell have, me on I it. I have wanted to do the smart thermostat thing for a while, mostly because my thermostat, my, now this is funny because. We built our house new, mm-hmm. and if you ever want to learn about how many shortcuts builders take, <laughs> oh, God. Just, just build a house. Just build a house, and you will find out how much stuff that they that they half ass. Did much they give as you the old school thermostat that you? No, actually it wasn't that old. Oh, it was okay. it's, it was a digital one, but but I've had nothing but buggy issues with it. Like you know, I, I had to do that mm-hmm. thing where I had to jerry rig the. Um, the batteries with a piece of foil to make sure that the connecting was working properly, whatever, to keep this thing working. Uh-huh, uh-huh, so uh-huh. I've been for a long time thinking, like, I need to replace this thing, and if I'm going to replace it, I might as well do a smart thermostat. All right, so you got the Nest. So I finally got the Nest. And? It was a good deal. I got it. And I, I, Well, one, it was it was fairly easy to install. Actually, the hardest part was uninstalling the old one. Oh, wow. Getting the old okay. one off my wall and getting uh-huh. the wires out of it yeah, was yeah, the yeah. hardest part. The installing a Nest itself was super easy. Mm. It it's very easy to to activate and install mm-hmm. once you get it on there with your phone. Mm-hmm. The controls are nice and simple. I do actually kind of like it. I'm, I'm, it's not something that's like changing the entire world for me, but I, I, you know, there's there's definitely a lot to enjoy about it. Just the simplicity of using All it. Right. Using my app to control the temperature. Okay. One of the things I like about it is the idea, of like you know, I, I like when I'm not at home being able to like you know dial the temperature up a little bit, so I'm not wasting energy with mm-hmm. heating or cooling my house when well, I'm isn't not there. Isn't it supposed there. to be smart? Doesn't it like know it your? It can. It's, you it's, you can have it's like presence. To, like, learn your yes. behavior. You can have like okay. presence detector stuff. Which, granted, as someone who works from home a lot of the time yeah it's right. kind of doesn't make sense for me to do that because yeah, okay you know 
for days when both my wife and I are both completely out of the house and there's mm-hmm. no one there at mm-hmm. any time or few mm-hmm. and far between. So I've got it more set up just comfortable temperatures. But I also did set something up where I can put it in an away mode. Mm-hmm. So if I'm leaving, I can just put it in, like, go to my phone. If yep. I forget or something, go to away mode and it'll just dial the temperature up to a certain point. And, gotcha. you know, and, and then I can, on the way back or as soon as I get home, change it back again. But yes, there are a lot of little cool bugs and features yep. you yep, can yep, do. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very simplified. It's very easy. And I will say also, it clearly like reads temperature a little bit differently in my home than, hmm. than my previous thermostat. Okay. Because the settings that I used to have my thermostat on were much higher than where I have it now. Oh, really? And I feel like it's it's a lot more comfortable now with, not comfortable, more comfortable, but like, it's. I find it interesting that what, like 75 was uh-huh. comfortable before. Yeah. And now I got to do 73 for it to be comfortable. I see. So it, like the temperature sensing must be a little bit different and probably mm. a little better, I would probably. say, honestly. Yeah. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. so I like it, you know, not... You know, right, let's like, see what happens to your energy bill, though. That's true. I will keep tabs on that a little and bit let more. you know with that. I, ideally, it's, it's going to help out a little bit. So. We'll see. Uh, all right. Then the other one was a smart vacuum. Um, Christoph uh, yes. mentioned that in our last yes, podcast. He, he got yeah. one of those. So we got one, too. And I, I mentioned kind of that I had a funny story start. Starting with that, originally we got one. My wife picked one out, and we bought one. This is something she's wanted to do for a while now. Mm-hmm. She found one that was a nice discount, not like an iRobot mm-hmm, or you know mm-hmm. whatever. Like that stuff's still ridiculously expensive. Right. Like and and for for what it is, you don't need anything that expensive. I don't right. think. Yeah. And <clears throat> we got one that would only connect to the two point five gigahertz Wi Fi. Oh, now all right, that shouldn't normally be a problem. I have Google Wi Fi, like yep, Google right. Nest Wi Fi. Yeah, Nest, mm-hmm. and. The the that platform doesn't have separate channels for two point five and five. Okay, gigahertz. all right. They merge them together and just ah, let devices pick, pick. Right. which one that they want to use. And yeah. it makes sense for smart home devices because they could be far away from the signal and might right. need the two point four, which yep. spreads out farther. If you yep. don't know that stuff, I'm mm-hmm. sure anybody listening knows that stuff. So it made sense, but this first vacuum we got would not find my network Uh-oh. at all. Uh oh, just wouldn't. Yeah. So we had to return it. All I right. got another one, yeah. and this one did just fine. This okay. one picked it up and found it just fine. So we got it all working, and we've used it several times now. I really like it. It's, yeah. Is it loud? It's it's actually not too loud. Like okay. you can, There's like different settings for the fan or for the suction power you can oh, set really? it on. And I ran it yesterday, for instance, while I was working. Uh-huh. I had it run just in the kitchen, the living room. Honestly, I barely heard it most of the time that it was up there. Um, if it had come back to my office, it might have been a little bit louder. The, honestly, the loudest thing it does is when it goes back to the base unit yeah. and like <laughs> empties out. Yeah. Oh, it, and it's like, gotcha. <laughs> to like empty everything out into the into the container. Oh, you got one of those. Okay. Yeah. Got so it. Yeah, that yeah. that part's loud. Otherwise, can it's you not, draw its, it's path? Not can it? Okay. You can you can like it like when you first unleash it, it literally borders. maps your entire house. Mm. It'll segment rooms based on going through doors. Mm-hmm. You can and you can do additional segmenting if you want to. You can set no go zones. Like we have some rugs that are too thick for it to handle. Got so it. I've so set. Those go there, go yeah, zones. Right. Mm-hmm. and you know, and or you can pick like, all right, I just want you to do this room and this room today. You can set schedules if you no, wanted I'm, to. I'm on down it, with so. all that stuff, but I, so we got one, but it was the first, like some of the first generation Uh-oh. stuff, and so it was very clunky. Right, it was right. very loud. We have a lot of hardwood floors, but anyway, it was very loud, and it would just ra- it just runs into walls. It, it's not smart. It's smart in the sense that it, it'll keep going down a path until it runs into something, right, right. and then it kind of turns around. Right, so, right. so we were like, no, this isn't this isn't the best experience. So yeah. maybe I'll well, re-up when and it was try. first mapping, it was a little like a little bumping into stuff. Oh, sure. Okay, stuff but since yeah, but it's if, mapped it, it does it, seem like it seems like it knows its way around a lot better than before. That's so. fair. That's fair. Although, like you know, you can obviously if you change something around or leave something in one place or move something. 
like it might have to readjust a little to that. Mm, but mm-hmm. I will say, like I said, I ran it yesterday, and I was surprised by how quick and efficient it was. Look at you. You got this tech house going now. I, I Seriously, you I know. Your video like, doorbell. You got suddenly temperature. Well, again, I'm I'm there cleaning. almost the time. I might as well, you know. You don't have Rosie the robot yet. Or, no, my yeah. wife wants that. Trust me. <laughs> she's all about the RoboMate. She's like, she's like, RoboMate's happened. We're getting one, so... Fair enough. All right. That's what's tech connecting with us, folks. Uh, until next time, um, make sure that you find a interesting way to market your the name of your company with a name that everyone wants to find some kind of acronym for. Wi-Fi. You know, like, Wi-Fi. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe fund some early stage startups, buy some smart home devices, and as always, folks, please stay connected. The Tech Connect Podcast is brought to you by ELO. Purpose-built for point-of-sale, the ELO E-Series 2 offers a 15.6-inch touchscreen display, Intel's ninth-generation Celeron processor, and an integrated expansion hub to connect the peripherals you need. We're just talking about Intel chips. Yes, sir. There you go. Absolutely. Maybe, maybe the next time you buy one of these, the chip will come from a, a local mm-hmm. manufacturer. From cash drawers and printers to barcode scanners and payment devices, there is connectivity to cover it all. For added flexibility, the E-Series 2 offers models with Windows 10 or no OS, providing businesses the best solution to customize for their environment covered by a three-year warranty. You know, nice. A lot of things aren't covered by warranties that I long. I know, right? Especially a three-year Everything's warranty. Everything's like a year at best, at best. if you're lucky at, at, best. at this point yeah. anymore. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. good for you, Elo. There you go. Uh, to learn more, contact your Blue Star representative. Tech Night Podcast is brought to you by Zebra. Mission critical doesn't compromise. No. Right? No compromise. And neither do Zebra print engines. Ooh, nice. Keep your customers' operations at peak performance with the rugged ZE511 and ZE521 print engines. Intelligently engineered to make work easier. I'm all about making work easier. Oh, heck yeah. I mean, you, right? Is, I don't, I've never met someone who doesn't want their work to be easier. <laughs> make it harder. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> we need the, easier work. These four and six inch options are the replacements for the current ZE500 print engine and offer a number number of enhancements. Z511 and 521 provide fast print speeds for all metal construction for demanding 24/7 365 operations, but these essential workers offer far more reliability. Essential workers, it sounds like these printers mm. need to unionize, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> They're essential workers. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes, they are. Uh, with Zebra's exclusive industry-leading print DNA software suite, the ZE series are easy to set up, manage, maintain, and secure on-site or remotely. Users can leverage onboard analytics to predict and schedule maintenance to prevent unexpected downtime. It's starting to sound like my smart vacuum. There you go, scheduled right? Scheduled stuff you can do. Yeah. Uh, see, I'm sure it's a little smarter than that. <laughs> see printer status at a glance and change settings quickly using the large full-color LCD touch display. Troubleshoot remotely and swap out the modular drive for servicings to keep lines moving. Change print heads in seconds with the single socket quick tab release. Nice. This thing sounds super yes. easy to cool. Yes, yes. Who knew print engines could be fun? Uh, print Plus, users can add RFID encoding and connectivity where needed and be ready for tomorrow's technology with evolving capabilities. Holy moly. That's what impressive. What do you need? Seriously. Yeah. Push the limits with the print engine that's ready for today and tomorrow. Check out the link in the show notes for resources like spec sheets, selling guides, videos, and more.